0: Welcome to the Auto Amateur Podcast, my name is James and in this episode I'm going to be doing a follow-up to my YouTube video that was published today on Auto Amateur where my friend Pat and I were comparing a Porsche 911 997 to a 991. This afternoon, I published a video on YouTube where my friend Pat and I were comparing the Porsche 997 with uh, my Porsche 991. So far, it's been uh, live for just a couple of hours, and it's uh, getting pretty close to a 1,000 views, which for my channel is a bit of a record. Usually... The 991 videos and 997 videos I usually get around a thousand views within about 24 hours, and I know the video is going to do pretty well if if I'm sort of hitting that number. Sometimes I'll hit a thousand views a little bit sooner uh, than 24 hours. Other times it takes you know a couple of days, even a week, to hit a thousand views. Where this video, I, I think it might actually hit a thousand views before the evening is out, which will definitely be an auto amateur record. But so far, it's received a lot of really positive feedback. I just wanted to make this quick podcast as a bit of a follow-up. Because there are a few things that we didn't talk about in the video and a few things which this auto amateur here, right here, and the emphasis on the word amateur got wrong. <laughs> so first off, uh, if you've seen the video part way through, we start talking about performance. and. At the time, I think Pat asked me a question about the horsepower, or I volunteered some information about the horsepower of the base 991. My microphone was falling off my chest, so a little bit distracted, but that's no excuse. I claimed that the 991 base Carrera had a horsepower of 375, when actually it's 350, and I think you can probably make an argument for it being 345 I've seen conflicting information online and certainly given my weight (laughs) as one of my friends joked perhaps that is going to bring the horsepower down a little bit (laughs) but it certainly isn't 375 the 991 base Carrera had around 350 horses the Carrera S had 400 and then when you tune them the bass you can get up to 370, 375 and for the S you can get as high as 450 depending on the type of tune you do so that was that was one thing I just wanted to call out after today's video another thing I wanted to call out was there was one comment that was talking about our perspectives on the 996 and I really hope that we didn't offend anybody who owns a 996 I used to own a 996 and I loved it Pat used to own a 996 and he loved it as well We were talking about the interior of the 996 and how, you know, it it hasn't necessarily stood the test of time. You put it next to a 997 now and and certainly next to a 991, and uh, you can see that it, it, it certainly looks dated. But one of the things I find really interesting about the 996... You know, and it was launched in nineteen ninety eight, and it ran until two thousand and four, two thousand and five, before it was replaced by the nine nine seven. And there were two generations. There was the dot one, the dot two. When it first came out, the 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 dot one nine nine six created a bit of an uproar. It had the runny egg light uh, of the what are they called, the runny egg. Headlights, which a lot of Porsche purists didn't like. There are a lot of people that like those headlights And in fact, they're making a bit of a comeback now If you are a subscriber of Total 911 magazine, which is edited by a guy called Lee Sibley in the UK They just had an anniversary party where they they pulled together a whole load of 996's and made a real event of it And and Lee Sibley himself just bought himself a first-generation 996 which he's been redoing and you know, that's just fantastic. The 996 was a game changer for many reasons. It wasn't just because of the, the look. It wasn't just because the headlights got such a reaction. It was at the time, Porsche wasn't doing too well. And they had to look at more efficient ways of manufacturing. Prior to that, the 993s were, were almost uh, completely put together by hand. And the 996 revolutionized the way that Porsche made 911s. They uh, mechanized a lot of the production line. They also mass-produced a lot of the parts. And a lot of the parts, most of the parts, I think, were made in Germany still. But they used slightly cheaper materials to bring the, uh, the cost of the goods down, streamlining the manufacturing process allowed them to create a greater volume of cars and save in the long run, and then they applied the same production approaches to the first generation Boxster, which came out around the same time, and actually for the first time, 911 parts were being shared with another model. So you have a lot of parts that could be used in either the 911 996 first generation or the Boxster. And then came the first generation Cayenne, and that sort of. I don't think it's lean manufacturing, but that more efficient way of manufacturing was applied to all three of those cars. And and in, in many ways, those three cars, those three models saved Porsche from some financial struggles and being able to compete in the marketplace with cheaper sports cars coming around and the SUV market taking off. Porsche really helped themselves out by, by doing that and so when Pat and I were talking about the interior of the 996 and Porsche's design choices at the time it wasn't to say the 996 is a cheap 911s it was to say that Porsche had to intentionally rethink the way it was designing and manufacturing cars to get itself out of financial trouble and I'll, I will be the first to say I love the 996. I had a second generation 996 Carrera 4, and even though, you know, now I've had the 997 and the 991, I wouldn't go back to the 996, but it's a tremendous car. The, the exterior, I think, is going to stand the test of time. If anything, its unique headlights are going to become a new icon. They'll be retro at some point, and everyone's going to want a 996. And the price continues to come down. They're in a really great spot. The, uh, The GT2 996 is an amazing car. The Turbo is an amazing car. You know, even just my base Carrera 4 that was an absolutely fantastic drive It, you know you felt connected to the road you felt connected to the mechanics of the car it was very much one of the last analog truly mechanical horses and of course the same can be true about the 997 um, they made some improvements to the engine of course and then with the 991 it still has a naturally aspirated engine but you've got electronic steering and and it, it is much more of a modern car and while the drive of the 991 is something i absolutely love the 996 and then the first generation of the 997 still have that really raw feel so I applaud anybody that has a 996 or a 997 they're both absolutely spectacular cars and I'd happily have one again (laughs) so they were the two things I really wanted to circle back to after the video And the third is, um, I'm really happy that it's received a lot of positive comments so far. This is the first video I've done where I've been using some new shooting styles. I really have tried to avoid and resist the need to use microphones because it's just another expense and it's another thing to think about and it's another thing that can potentially go wrong. Where this time, I wanted the conversation to be a little bit more fluid. I wanted to move around the garage. I wanted to show the car, you know, from various angles and and make it feel very much like, you know, two guys standing around just having a conversation. That's exactly what it was. So in order to do that and, and sort of keep the sound quality to an acceptable level, you know, to an acceptable standard, we used lava mics for the first time. I had one plugged into my iPhone. Pat had one plugged into his iPhone in the cut when I was editing. I had to pull those various audio tracks together and jump between mics. There were definitely a couple of places where it wasn't as clean as I thought it was going to be. But overall, I was really happy with the uh, with, with how that came out. And then also I had a couple of GoPros set up to give you know a couple of different perspectives as well. But we had an hour to shoot. I was actually working kind of either side of that last night. I had to work a late night last night. I had an hour free, so Pat kindly came over. We managed to shoot it in an hour, even with the new techniques that we were using, and we managed to get through it. Now, there are some other things that we want to talk about, and so we be doing uh, a podcast with Pat in the near future where we go back to the conversation about the 997 and the 991. We're gonna talk more about the performance, we're gonna talk more about specifications, the weight, the design, the uh, more about the current price And what you can find on the market these days for a 997 versus a 991. The 997 was in a sweet spot about a year ago and the prices have still come down a little bit. But in in many cases, some of the models of the 997 have gone up. So we're going to talk about that. The 991 is getting into a sweet spot. So that's uh, a topic that a lot of people are interested in. Because right now, we have a lot of people getting into Porsche 911s for the first time. And they're asking the question... Do I go 996, 997, and 991? And I'm sure there's a lot of opinion about each of those, especially the 997 and the 991. So I'm looking forward to talking about that soon with my friend Pat. So that's about it for tonight. Thank you very much uh, for those of you who've watched the video. Thanks so much for everybody that's started following and listening to the podcast. This is now the third one that I've done this week. I don't know how much content I'm going to be creating over the holiday period, but I'm going to certainly try and do at least another podcast and another video. In the meantime, I hope you all are enjoying the holiday period, and I will speak with you soon. Take care. Bye.